Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number 8. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And this is an action-packed Dockside Chat, more so than we had accounted for when we knew that we were doing Dockside Chat number 8, which wasn't supposed to be tonight. It was supposed to be a few days ago, but oh boy, oh boy, we have a lot more to talk about now. Really? What happened? Oh, oh, have you not heard? (laughs) No. In all seriousness, though, we know we've been a little out of whack with releasing episodes, and we apologize for that. Uh, We started off the month pretty good. Uh, Then I was back in New York for a week, and as soon as I came back, we got hit with our second hurricane. Um, We were fine, thank goodness. The house was fine. Uh, We didn't even lose power this time, luckily. It was just a matter of we did not have enough time to pull everything inside, get the hurricane shutters up, watch a movie, record an episode, and get it out in a timely fashion. Uh, So we are trying our best to get back on track. Um, And oh, well, no, we got offset again because we were supposed to record this past Sunday. Uh, And I was sick, but that ended up being a blessing in disguise because this would have been released right before the big news. Well, we would have been sitting here while the big news dropped. And and frankly, like, I don't think I would have been paying enough attention to my phone to even catch the big news because we'd be so engrossed in the conversation. But we're going to get to all that in a minute. Let's talk about, uh, we have a margarita in front of us. Yes, we're we're sampling. We are at Dockside Margaritas, our favorite place in the world. And they have what you had joked before you got here. Uh, I was online at World of Disney buying more Christmas decorations that we don't need, but I had to have. And you you said, I'll go to Dockside and get us started because admittedly, it's a little late in the evening. We're closing it again. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and I said, get me whatever's seasonal. And you said, what if it's a candy cane margarita? And I said, I don't care. Just get it. So I swear I was guessing, but I know Sean doesn't like sweet things, so... My fears were confirmed. The seasonal drink is a candy Candy cane cane margarita. margarita. So we're going to taste it now together. Cheers. 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 Hope you like it. And if not, you're going to drink it down anyway. Mm. That's a really good mix of sweet and sour. Those flavors should not work. Mm -mm. I don't even like cranberry and I dig this. So this is margarita. It's a traditional margarita that has... Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's a traditional margarita that has peppermint and cranberry. None of these flavors should work. Oh my god. It's so balanced. That's what I'm really surprised at because we don't have straws because I was totally rushing. And I was afraid if you didn't mix it that it wasn't going to blend well? I don't think it would have. Yeah, no, I like it layered with the different, you know, different layers floating. Am I going to say it's my favorite one? The Monster Mash Margarita was good. I I think think I I like this this better. Well, do you want another one before they close? Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. Do you want me to go get it now, or are you, you going to carry this recording, or do you want to pause? You think I can't carry on a conversation? I can carry on a conversation. Yes. If you are prepared to get another, is that okay with you? Or yeah. I don't have to fight you on this, right? I'll go. Oh, my God. Oh, no. They closed the other side. Go on this side. Go on this side. He's still there. I don't there. think you can. Ask him. Oh it's God. Disney. They'll take your money. Okay? They'll take your money. Even with the new CEO and all. The old CEO, which is the new CEO, but it's the old CEO, and we're going to talk about that in a little while. Um, are they going to Are they going to serve her? Is the question. Victory. I think we're good. Okay. Um, 
yeah, so uh, it is so it is a picturesque night here at Disney Springs. I will paint the picture for you while Jackie is getting our backup margaritas to our We're full. We're getting Disney magic. Yay! We're <laughs> getting our backup margaritas to our full margaritas. It is beautiful here tonight. Um, it has been in the high 60s to low 60s uh, for the last week and a half or so. And this is the first time we've been to Disney Springs uh, to see it all decorated for Christmas. And the Christmas tree trail is out. We're going to do that in a couple of weeks, I think, as a lead-in to our next Dockside Chat. Um, so more on that when we get there. But the Christmas tree trail is set up, and there's Christmas music everywhere. The lights are up everywhere. They've rolled out a ton of Christmas merchandise at World of Disney, more so than they had the last time that we were here, which was, I think, a week or two ago. And uh, I did go and get the, uh, like, it's like a three-foot-tall, blown Mickey Christmas uh, statue. Uh, it, it, it is lit. Uh, you, can, you can light it up. It's beautiful. Um, I think it was about $59.99 with the AP discount, $51 and change with tax. Uh, I think this is just a guess. Uh, I haven't seen it rolled out yet. Um, on social media, I would assume that this is going to be the thing that everybody goes crazy for because it's so wicked affordable, and, and he's beautiful. He truly is. Uh, so we got him tonight, um, which, and I, I think that it's one of the first nights that he's been out. So I, I keep an eye out. Uh, let's see if I'm right about that, but I can see that being like one of those popcorn buckets that people go crazy for will be this uh, blown Mickey. Um, but absolutely beautiful here. Uh, Disney Springs is in the spirit of the thing. Um, and we have our tickets coming up in the next couple of weeks for uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Um, and I, we actually, we so so here's the thing. We've got a lot going on with Christmas that we're going to report on in the next Dockside Chat. We're going to report a lot about Halloween in this Dockside Chat. Because uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been with you. So we've done a lot uh, when it came to Halloween, we're going to do a lot when it comes to Christmas, and the fun of this is going to be comparing um, how Disney does things versus how Universal does things, how SeaWorld does things, um, which I'm really looking forward to having uh, that conversation and kind of fleshing that out tonight and then seeing how it compares with, uh, with Christmas when, uh, when they roll all of that out. All right, Jackie is still waiting on the margaritas, so let me see if I can stretched this out uh, a little bit further. Um, I'm just... I'm, I'm off on my own. I'm trying to hold a conversation by myself <laughs> as I look around. What can I tell you here? Um, it's So here's the thing. It, it, sitting here tonight reminds me, actually, of being at Pleasure Island back in the day because it's a very cloudy night. Beautiful, it is cloudy night. Um, and I remember as a kid coming here and even in high school coming here and they had, you know, the beacons of light in the sky, uh, the big spotlights from Pleasure Island. You're getting them tonight. I believe they're coming from Cirque du Soleil. I think that's where it's coming from. And usually you can't see them. Um, this is the first time I can recall seeing them, actually, in, I think, ever. Um, and, and it's only because it's such a cloudy evening, so... There's something really special about being here tonight, other than the fact that you kind of have this, like, early air of Christmas magic. 
I'm getting this feel, this nostalgic feel of old school Disney. And, and that kind of like goes hand in hand. It's in concert with what the crescendo of our conversation is going to be tonight with Bob Iger being back. But there just seems to be a renewed sense of Disney magic in the air. And Jackie and I were talking about it before. We were online at Gideon's grabbing um, cookies to bring over to my, uh, my aunt and uncle's for Thanksgiving uh, this year. We're doing that down here. We're going to their house, and we wanted to get Gideon's. And we, we're, we're trying to figure out, and I'm sure this will get fleshed out in the conversation, how much of this is... Um, the Christmas magic being in the air because Christmas down here, guys, is just so it's so different. It's it's so unique, um, and how much of it is uh, the renewed sense of hope with the old CEO being the new CEO. But I'm going to put a pin in that because that's a conversation for later on. Jackie is back. I apologize, listeners. That was a frightening glimpse into what I deal with every day. Lucky all of you. Um, but let's get back on track. We're going to talk about uh, what we've been doing here at, uh, you know, as Disney locals. And I, I prepped our friends here saying that, um, you know, while the air of Christmas is in the air, a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is going to be very Halloween-centric because we've done a lot Halloween-related. It's just been a while since we've been able to sit and talk with them. So actually, the last time that we were here uh, talking to you guys, uh, we had talked about... We had just gone to Not So Scary. Right. Well, we actually did that the last week of September. Right. Um, but we... That was the earliest event we did. Everything else was sort of backloaded to the last couple of weeks in October. Correct. But we had mentioned that you were a bit disappointed that there was no skeleton dance merchandise at uh, Not So Scary because there hadn't been. We saw it online... And there hadn't been any skeleton dance merchandise, and that was the big souvenir that you wanted. Right. And you were hoping you got it from uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. As soon as we turned the microphones off, guys, we were heading out of here, getting ready to head out of here. We're going to Gideon's. But some of the other stores were open. We said, we'll go to D Styles because we love going to D Styles. And lo and behold, they had the skeleton dance merchandise. Everything that I could have possibly wanted. So I got a hoodie. I actually had to decide between two because I really liked both of them and I narrowed it down to one. Uh, and we got a lantern decoration, which was really cute. Yeah, so all is right and well with the world. Jackie got her skeleton dance merch and then we went over to um, Gideon's and we got the Frankenstein cookie because they had the Frankenstein cookie, they had the Bride of Frankenstein cookie, those were the big um, Halloween seasonal cookies that they had and I, it was good, not great uh, I remember, I liked it I liked it quite a bit but it still hasn't knocked off the banana bread cookie it hasn't been knocked off the pedestal the, the Frankenstein one was very good though but not the best one that they've made, as I remember it. I liked it. Um, I think I was more impressed by the cake. The peanut butter and jelly cake. Okay, so if there We've never cakes, had the cake before. Right, we never had the cakes from Gideon's. Had there been cakes available tonight, there were not. And I'm not really all that surprised. You know, we were there shortly before they closed. A lot of people are doing the same thing that we did, right? You're either on vacation and you're grabbing your pastries, or for a lot of the locals, grabbing pastries and cookies to bring to relatives' homes or bring to your own house to serve at Thanksgiving. Sure. So they didn't have any cakes tonight, but they had the peanut butter and jelly cake. That piece of cake 
which I think is what I ended up having as like my birthday cake because <laughs> I don't think I had had a birthday cake. So I said that piece was what I wanted for yes. my birthday. The best I can, the most I can say is that is like in terms of being absolutely balanced, it's one of the best pieces of cake I've ever had. It was not too much peanut butter. It was not too much jelly. It didn't. It tasted like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich while still tasting like cake. Yeah, because it's not only the cake that is peanut butter. It's peanut butter cake with jelly uh, in, in the center, and then the frosting is also peanut butter. You would think it's too heavy on the peanut butter. No, it was it was excellent. That's probably the best thing we've ever had from Gideon's. Um, and then the last time we were here after we recorded, we also got to Jock Lindsay's. Uh, which we didn't get to talk about. And Jock Lindsay's is usually our last stop before we get on the plane. It has been the end of every vacation. We're, we're there and we cry. Dockside usually kicked it off. Jock Lindsay's ended it. Um, but we hadn't been there yet as locals. So I know the big thing now is their holiday menu, which I'm very excited to try. But... We, unfortunately, were there before the holiday menu had started. So we just did our traditional cargo pretzel um, and the tacos. I tried the tacos. They were uh, good. Which were really good. Were they the pork belly ones? Is that what you got, the pork belly? I thought it was a carne asada. Maybe it was a carne. I remember they were good. I remember thinking they're good, but I couldn't eat too many of them because they were a little spicy for my taste. It was the relish, I think, that made it a little spicy. But they, they were good, not great. I think um, what I had at the, the taco truck, actually, in the, um, the food truck section here at Disney Springs, I, I liked better. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about... So, again, while you were online waiting for our glorious margaritas, I was prepping our friends here for some of the compare and contrast when it came to Halloween. Let's talk about Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, let's do Whatever you've heard, it, it just blows it out of the water. I had high expectations going in, and I usually try not to do that, so I'm not disappointed. But after years of trying to get there, and it being so highly recommended to us, you know, you, you can't ignore the hype. Um, it exceeded every single expectation that I had. I was blown out of the water. We had so much fun. Now, that was your first HHM. You had Correct. never been to HHN before. I hadn't been to HHN in about, oh my God, what an incredible mix I'm, that they just did over right? here. Right? That was a great transition. I was saying to the bartender before what a great band this is. I think they're new. They haven't heard them before. Carol of the Bells into Sweet Caroline. Or sorry, into Sweet, Sweet Child, Child of Mine. Of mine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, How's that margarita working out for you? <laughs> really well, apparently. Uh, I hadn't been to Halloween Horror Nights in about um, 17 years. Um, so it was very different from as it was when I was there, but not in a bad way. Um, I think the production value was elevated. Uh, the food offerings were elevated. The merchandise was elevated. Um, and, and this was regarded as, very highly regarded actually, as a very, very uh, lavish and well done Halloween Horror Nights. A lot of people ranked it quite high. Uh, let's. Oh, and now you got oh. your Bon Jovi. Jeez, what a I'm night! I'm gonna be completely distracted. What a night! Uh, let's talk about. Okay, so you arrive at HHN. The parking 
let's talk about the parking. Well, to your point, though, I think the other thing is, I mean, obviously it's been 17 years since you went. It's a long time. I think it's also just gotten bigger because of social media. Oh, it's gotten insane. Yeah. No doubt. And we will talk about crowds, too, but parking. Go ahead. Parking at Universal, and now we're eight, you know we're APs at Universal, we're APs here at Disney. Uh, the one thing that Universal has going against it that it can never remedy is its parking, because you feed into one parking garage for everything. It's, and we mean everything. Yeah, if you're going to either of the parks. Oh, it's a Bon Jovi medley. If you're. If you're going into either of the parks, if you're going to Volcano Bay, if you're going to City Walk, it's all into one parking garage. So every time we've gone to Universal, it just happens to be that it's on a weekend where they have some big event going on. So the parking, just to get through the booth, and all they do is they look at your AP and they go, yeah, okay, go in. Right. You'll sit there for 20 minutes or a half an hour. Once you get past that point super quick to get you parked and then you walk on over to the park and then getting you through security and all that that's all really quick and super expedited but they're never going to be able to remedy the parking problem that is literally everything you know like there have been times where we've just wanted to go to city walk but we're going to talk about an event that we attended independent of the parks right. and what a, and, and, and how what a nightmare it was with the parking and how the event got started late because the parking is such a nightmare there. It's the one thing that Universal, for as many things as they do well, it's outside of their control that they funnel literally every single thing into one parking garage. And I really hate to say this, but this is only going to be made worse by the third gate. When they open Epic Universe, I think you're right. Even though that's going to be farther away, they're going to need shuttles, it, it's still going to be kind of a disaster. I think so. Sorry, I was thinking... Into Eminem? Are you kidding? Oh, is that who this is? It's 8 Mile, yeah. Well, this band is incredible. All right, let's, let's talk about HHN. Um, so, once you do get through the horrific parking nightmare that is Halloween Horror Nights... Uh, once you get into the park itself, this year's icon was the Pumpkin Lord. He was incredible. He was really awesome. Oh, we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, though, because um, the other issue with parking, we were trying to go to Red Coconut because it's the Dead Coconut Club. Yes. We had to eat that because we were on the clock for the dog. We've talked about this before, how we have eight hours door-to-door to get back to our dog waltz. Um, so at that point, we didn't get stuck getting into the parking lot for that that long, but just by the time you go through the whole rigmarole, it's just so crowded. We had to forfeit that in order to make the most out of Horror Nights. Um, but yes, Pumpkin Lord, amazing. Pumpkin Lord was great. Um, people loved him. I thought he was amazing. Um, let's talk about, we did three haunted houses. That is the one knock that I have against it. We were warned about the crowds. I wish that they did limit the ticket, especially because they run this event every night. I wish that they limited tickets and they put some sort of a cap on it so that you can get to more houses. Because they could go to full park capacity and 
that's it. Attendance is high, so there's no way you can possibly experience everything. Well, that's the thing. So these houses, some of the waits on the houses are almost two hours. Um, because they don't limit the capacity the way they do for, say, Not So Scary. That's also where you see the, the discrepancy in the price. Right. I'm going to put a pin in that conversation, though, because if I, I don't, I don't want to go off yet. Let's. But I, I do want to say it's substantially cheaper than going to Not So Scary, which is a limited ticket event. But I want to put a pause in that because you can make the case that an hour to two hours to get into a house that's only going to be there for a, what six or seven weeks, right? Versus an hour to get on Haunted Mansion that you can go on 365 days a year. Fair point. We're, we're going to... I'm putting that... I'm floating that out there now. No, and we did get to the top three houses that we wanted to get into... Yes, we did. ...with no problem. We got into the Bugs Alive house. So cool. It was... The theme of it was you're basically at the World's Fair partaking in what is... A, an expo where they're showing a new extermination tactic so you don't have bugs in your home. And of course, it goes wrong and the bugs mutate and they attack. Kitschy as all hell. Total 1950s B sci fi. It's everything that you wanted it to be and it was an insane amount of fun. They nailed that set. But I mean, could you expect anything less of Universal? Like, you know, they are. Yes, yeah, so I could for a long time, actually. Well, I'll give you that one, but they are Ride the Movies, and I think that that's what puts this over the top, is that they are so focused on set design. Um, it was really incredible. I love the aesthetic, and it was a good way to dip your toes in the water because there weren't a lot of jump scares. It was more, like, grotesque with the mutations. It was it was fun. It was giggle scary. Yeah. You know? It, it wasn't uh, as intense as some of the other ones. So it was a good first house. From there we went into the uh, classic monsters house. The Wolfman, Dracula, and the Mummy. They fight each other, and every day a different monster wins. So Not every can... day. Every every couple of hours they rotate it out, so you get a different winner. It's a different experience every few hours. Classic universal horror film, classic universal monster movies. Sets are incredible. The actors, the scare actors were incredible. It was by far the best house we went into that night. Yeah, I mean, that's their wheelhouse, and they totally delivered. Like, I remember walking through, and I mean, I can only imagine what it's like for you, because it's like you're towing a car behind you, because my nails are dug in your back, and you're just sort of shuffling me through there, because I don't want to get separated. Uh, But the mummy and the werewolf got me. What impressed me the most was the first time you see Dracula, and that reveal. Uh, it, It was so incredible. Um, I was just so impressed. That was the moment when I was like, okay, we're going to do the Frequent Fear Pass next Absolutely. year so we can get to more. And now the Frequent Fear Pass, marginally more expensive. Uh, if you think about it, you can go every night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Frequent Fear Pass, for what it's worth, is $20 more than the one night we paid to go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Christmas Party. So there is something to be said about value on the dollar. Again, we're going to talk about that, I think, as we kind of conclude our conversation about the Halloween offerings in the Orlando area at large. 
but I do want to float that out there now because, yes, we did decide we're going to do that because, yes, if you are in a time crunch, albeit that Universal is open until 2 o'clock in the morning during Halloween Horror Nights and they start letting, I think, Horror Nights, I believe, opens at 7. Um, or you, you can if the APs can stay in from 5 o'clock. Right. And then they start letting you in the houses at 6. But right. it opens to the general public at 7. Again, we're on the clock with the dog, and it was before the clocks turned back. We didn't want to be doing the scare zones in the daytime, so we opted to go later. Not not everything was in our favor, but we got to do three houses, right? So we got to do, what, 33% of what they had. Um, and we got um, the ecto-cooler. There wasn't a huge line for that. We really wanted to try the Exo Cooler beer. Super good. Uh, yeah, no, I really like that. Uh, and we got some Twisted Taters, which was crazy because those lines were insanely long. We hit it at just the right time. Yeah, we waited maybe five minutes. Um, and then... We the, did the... Oh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say the only thing that we really wanted to do, the fourth house was the uh, like Dead Man's Pier, I think it was called. And that, we saw a YouTube video after, and... That was such a beautiful set. I would have liked to do that. But that was really the only thing that I felt like I missed out on. Otherwise, I felt like I got to do everything we wanted to do. Because the house we did pick instead... Yes. It was the coven. And it's all themed like a speakeasy. But the reason that we chose it is because it is in the old Nickelodeon studios. And you have to go through them to do this house. And that was a no-brainer for us. It was so special to be back there. I hadn't been in Nickelodeon Studios in a long time. Did you even look at the set? Because all I saw was you looking up at the catwalks from the Nickelodeon set. I I did because I remembered being there in 1994 and seeing the set of my brother and me and taking the tour and, and, and I remember those catwalks. I got Clarissa. You know, I have people jumping out screaming at me and I'm like... Yeah, that's nah, 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 nah. You know, like, it's... <laughs> Sean was like, do, do, do you have it? It was special being in there, and the Coven House was really it was well cool. done. It was very uh, cool. Of the three we saw, it did rank number three for me, but it was very well done. But it doesn't mean it was bad. It was just... It doesn't mean it was bad. The other two just blew it out of the water, but it was very cool. How I about the Scare Zones? What do you think of the Scare Zones? They were really good, because they don't leave you alone. Like, there is no escaping it. If you're walking through, you're committing, and they are going to interact with you. I think unless you're a child who is clearly bothered by it, in for a penny, in for a pound at that point. And the actors were incredible. And the theming was great. Every single one of them was different. I mean, when you go... The only other thing that we've done like this recently was uh, Fright Fest at Six Flags. Which they always do a good job, too. They do. But you get, like, four scare trails, and that is part of the draw. So they are themed very heavily, but you only walk through them if you want to. Here, there are ways to work around it, but nine times out of ten, you do have to go through them to get to the next area. Yeah. Um, But they don't treat it like that. Like, oh, you're walking through anyway, so, you know, here's a couple of creepy people. All of them were themed very heavily. My favorite was, um, it was like a 50s prom night and they had um, like a camper, but the camping set gone wrong. Am I conflating two you're, of them? You're, you're, you're conflicting, <laughs> you're combining that with Hallow Scream. 
that was at Hallow Scream were the campers. Was it? It was. Oh my goodness. The one we really liked was the cemetery one. Yes. Where where they had the prom. The, yes, you're the not prom. wrong. The okay, prom. The prom. You had but it the was prom, like they, 50s prom. It was 50s prom. They were in their garb, but they were corpses. So yeah. you were right about that. Yeah. And we it met. It was like a prom night gone wrong, like yes. a car accident or something. I mean, yes. they didn't overtly state that that's what it was. Like, there wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't like a horrible wreckage site or anything like that. But, like, you got no. the idea. It was great. And we had one of the best bartenders we've ever had at a roller bar, of all things, right outside of that scare zone. Oh, he was incredible. my God. He was so much fun. Told dirty jokes, which doesn't happen at Disney, but it does at Universal. Uh, he was wonderful. I thought that okay. So let's talk about the merchandise at HHN. I thought it was very good, and I did buy a hoodie that I liked quite a bit. But I thought that some of the HHN merchandise looked like something you could get at Hot Topic. Yeah, it was good, not great. What I really wish that they had done was broke out some of the Halloween stuff a little bit more. Not Halloween, the holiday, Halloween, Michael Myers. Because it was a big anniversary, there was a big release for that this year. And they had a whole house dedicated to him. Right, so I kind of feel like he should have gotten more of his own merch. Um, I mean, I do like that they have the t-shirt and the hoodie with everything on it, so you get all of the houses into one. But I feel like for a showpiece like that, he should have had more of his own isolated merchandise. That's what I ended up getting myself. I got the hoodie that said Never Go Alone, and it had all of them on it. But I wanted it because it had it had icons from all the houses. Right. So it had from, you know, Bugs Alive and uh, Bugs Eaten Alive and, and, and from Coven and from the classic monsters and it was our first HHN it was dated I think that the HHN specific merchandise that they had was better than the merchandise at Not So Scary but a lot of it did only, but, but it's only by virtue of there just wasn't a lot for Not So Scary there was very very little that they had this merch was better but it still felt like I could have gotten it at at Hot Topic. I would say there's more of a variety um, with Horror Nights in spite of the fact that they don't represent the individual houses. Yeah. So the next night, after HHN, we were back at Universal. I'm sorry, it wasn't the next night, it was the next weekend. Scratch that, it was the next weekend. We were back at Universal for Kevin Smith yes, at Hard Rock. Now, this was purely coincidence. Um, well, not coincidence, because I will see Kevin Smith anytime he comes around. When we were in New York, uh, we would see him, you know, like we went to New Jersey, we went to the quick stop where he filmed Clerks. We went upstate to go see him. Westbury Music Fair, we saw him. Yeah, I would do any Q&A because before he started podcasting, he really didn't come around a lot. So it was a pretty unique thing. Um, but when I found out he was going to be here, I was like, all right, if we can't see him in Red Bank, we're going. Because he would uh, have he would premiere Clerks 3 in front of an audience and then do the Q&A. So, of course, I wanted to see the movie. Of course, I wanted to see how they wrap up the trilogy. 
Um, but I was really all about the Q&A. Um, and we tried attempt number two at going to Red Coconut before the show because we figured we'd have enough time to grab a drink, hopefully get something to eat really quick, and then go into the movie. No. No. So we get to the Dead Coconut Club, and it's closed for a private event, which, which I'm was guessing for is Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. Uh, and we said, okay, we're going to go over to Toothsome. Go to Toothsome. Can't get a spot at the bar. That was a dumb idea. It wasn't. It wasn't. I'm going to try not to go on a rant. Uh, if you if you are a family going to a going to a bar, do the rest of the adults a favor and don't put the four kids at the bar to drink their Shirley Temples while the adults have nowhere to sit. I'm just going to say that. Although it is legal. It is legal. We found that out that you can legally sit kids at a bar. And I get it, if you're eating, okay, fine. But if you're not having dinner, please move on so the adults can enjoy their beverages. So we go to Toothsome, couldn't get a spot. We go to Hard Rock, okay? We go to Hard Rock. I'm gonna say that again. We go to Hard Rock. You cannot park at Hard Rock. You have to go into the regular parking garage at Universal. So we, we, uh, we accounted for that. Right. But I do want to clarify: the Hard Rock Hotel and the venue are two different things. I thought the venue was at the hotel. No, the hotel's down on the other side. So I get why they don't validate your parking. I still think it's ridiculous that you're attending an event at the Hard Rock and there's no and way... And they don't... Yeah, they don't have their own parking lot, but... It is what it is. Um, we go to Hard Rock. We get... We find a spot at the bar upstairs. Bartender, super nice guy. We order food. The food comes out wrong. And we waited a long time to get it. It was a busy... It was a Saturday night. It was busy. I work on food and beverage. I'm not going to punch anybody in the pants being busy in the kitchen the food comes out wrong it's now 15 minutes before the show starts and they're like we can refire your food and I said I don't have time for you to refire my food I will just eat in the venue so Jackie eats her dinner we pay the tab we go to well okay I inhaled dinner and took half of it with me yeah and we're thinking that there is, like, a way that you would enter the venue from the restaurant. Because, like, when you go to Yankee Stadium or, or the building... Go uh, through the hard uh, rock. Let me reverse. <clears throat> On the building that says Yankee Stadium outside of it, when you're at the hard rock, you can enter into the building that they now call Yankee Stadium. I pick up what you're putting down. The building that says hard rock did not let you enter through the hard rock. In this case, it did not. Yes. But you could do it at the building that they now call Yankee Stadium, although it's not really Yankee Stadium. You can go through because they have a ticket taker. You know, like you can go through. And security. And security. I'm assuming, having never been there before, that you're going to be able to do the same thing. You can't. You have to exit the restaurant, go back to the outside, wait on the line to get through. By that point, the line's mostly filtered through. This is more just if you ever attend an event there. Keep this in mind. We get inside. The line for food is wrapped around the building. I mean, at least they serve food inside. We weren't even expecting that. Well, time out. (laughs) When they have it, they serve it. There's one stand 
that is serving food. I wait online, and right as I get up there, can I get chicken tenders and french fries? We're out. I felt like Charlie from Chris from the Santa Claus. <laughs> Do you like Asabuco? You like Asabuco, Charlie? Okay, can I get a cheeseburger? We're out. Can I get popcorn? We're out. Can I have a beer? We're out. <laughs> what can I have? You can have a saltless pretzel. And that's what I ate for dinner that night. However, the impressive thing is that you made it back to your seat before the show even started. We're thinking we're late at this point. They held the show because now you can remove the pin. The traffic is so bad because of Halloween Horror Nights, uh, which I don't know how the venue didn't communicate that to the talent. Like, you have to know going in that it's a Saturday night during Horror Nights. It's going to be bad. It's the week before Halloween at this point, just to give you a reference as to where we are on the calendar. So, uh... They held the start of the movie. If this, For like 45 minutes. If this, though, was a comedy show or anything else, I don't know that they would have done that. But because you were paying to see the film, I think that has to do with why they held it. Um, but it did have a snowball effect because we got to stay for the a lot of the Q&A, but Kevin Smith likes to talk. Uh, and then we had to leave to get back for our dog. Right, so we didn't get to see the entire Q&A. I mean... He I was still, still enjoyed he was myself uh, immensely. I, I absolutely loved the movie. I think it was the perfect way to end the trilogy. Um, and it was just so great to see Kevin Smith. And he brought out Brian O'Halloran, who plays Dante. Um, who was wonderful. Oh, it was so great. And his mom. He brought his mom out, too. She got a standing ovation. It was real cute. Um, so it was totally worth it. I didn't mind that we had to leave early. I just felt like a jerk walking out. Well, that's the thing, right? You're like... Now, here's the other thing. I'm thinking we're in a theater. No, you're in what is the equivalent of a high school auditorium. Like a high school gymnasium. I can't even call it an auditorium. My auditorium high school was nicer than this venue was. I I mean, I'm just going to say this right now. Hard Rock Live is a dump. I know that a lot of people, for some reason, it's rated so highly in terms of concert venues. But, like, we've been to the Amway Center. That was beautiful. We've been to Camping World. That was great. Hard Rock Live is a dump. It truly was, but it rates, and we've been to House of Blues, I think I think House of Blues here is nicer than the Hard Rock Live is, but for some reason or the next, it scores so high, so I don't know if we caught it on a bad night, but I, I said to you, unless it was something that I was totally desperate to see and it was the yeah. only place I would go, I probably would not go back to Hard Rock Live, but I could tell you that if Jimmy Buffett I have a Jimmy Buffett tattoo on my arm. Not of his not of his face or anything, but I've got a Jimmy Buffett tattoo. <laughs> a themed tattoo. If he was doing a private show on a Saturday during Horror Nights, I would stay home and listen to the CD. That's how much I disliked Hard Rock Live. Yeah, I won't be going back there anytime soon. I'm in no rush. It would have to be, like, one of my favorite favorites performing there. But Kevin Smith is on that list, and that's why we went. Like, will I give it a second chance? Eventually, I probably will. Am I in a rush to do it? No. No, and considering I used to work at a small concert venue that held 1,500 people, I know how an operation like that is supposed to run, and it just didn't. It didn't run run well. It was not smooth. It, It was so clunky. 
it's kind of dirty if I'm being honest. Like it, it they they need uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't know why they were uh, they're so highly rated. I don't know, but what I do know is on the way out, Dead Coconut Club had a hell of a line. We couldn't get in, but I did get a sandwich from the sandwich shop on the way out. Uh, that oh, is that place was over cool. T- that was great, and the food was good. And uh, I mobile ordered. This is something that was interesting. I mobile ordered, having no idea what time they were open until when we got there. The door was locked, and I almost had a panic attack. Yeah, by the skin of your teeth, you got your mobile order. In. But they unlocked the door, and they and they asked me. They go, "Did you mobile order?" And I said, "Yes." They asked me for my name. And they said, okay, we're making it. Why don't you come inside? So, like, we barely got it in. But I had that barbecue sandwich. It was really, really good. I would go back there again to that sandwich shop in City Walk. Yeah. I mean, we were hardly able to make a right decision that day. Um, but where we did do a lot of things right was Hello Scream at SeaWorld. We heard you got to go to Hello Scream. And you do. You just do. So, I'm going to preface it with this. Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is the G-rated Halloween. Everybody knows that. That's not a mystery. Halloween Horror Nights is a solid PG-13. Some are. But, yeah, I would say on average PG-13. But I think Hello Scream is the R-rated Halloween experience. Maybe even NC-17. It's borderline. And we're going to talk about it. So, we went to Hallow Scream because everybody said, you got to go. It's a ton of fun. And we haven't been to SeaWorld yet. I haven't been to SeaWorld since 1990 prior to this. So, and again, we're talking about budget, right? We're talking about cost. The Hallow Scream tickets... For like $65. Yeah, they weren't that expensive. They were crazy cheap. Uh, so we go to Hello Scream. And uh, we did not do any of the houses. They There were not a ton. But we wanted to just take in SeaWorld. And that's what... So I'm just putting it out there now. We didn't do any of the houses. But we wanted to take in the atmosphere. And I wanted to make sure I got on the rides. Because the coasters were open. And so many other things were hyped to us and and recommended that we do Um, we kind of went in saying you know if we get to a house great if not that's okay too because the difference is if you set foot in SeaWorld you're going to get scared no matter what they actually sell you a pass where if you don't want the interaction the actors will avoid you but where Universal gives you the option to go through the scare trails SeaWorld, just by virtue of the layout of the park, You're going you through have them. to go through to get anywhere. There's no escaping it. There's no going around it. And they all know that. And they come after you. They were incredible. And, they, like, that's like SeaWorld, they don't care. I, I think Disney, nobody touches you, of course. Uh, the scare zones in Universal, it's like, get close enough where you're making them a little squirrely. At SeaWorld, it's, we have lawyers for this. If they trip and fall, we'll worry about it later. Like, no, there was the one uh, actor that we went through. We were in the pirate section, and I was hanging onto Sean's arm, and I told him to walk faster. And he was like, the faster you walk, the more you're going to draw attention to yourself. 
Which so was accurate, by the it way. It was so accurate. It was. It's a really good strategy. So I was holding on to Sean's arm, and the pirate comes up to me, and she's like, I'll cut his arm off, and you'll have to do this by yourself. She was amazing, and that's when I was like, oh, we're in for a night. Um... It, it was so great. Everything was themed so well. This was where it was the camper site gone wrong. Um, and they were playing 50s music there, too. I'm not conflating that. Um, but all of the themes for the scare trails were incredible. Um, the entertainment everywhere was so good. Like, they had it a was. lot of dancers. Um like, in one of the bars we went into, they had um, a dancer on, like, one of the uh, the hula hoops on the ceiling. Yeah, she, she was, was a little acrobat. She yeah. was incredible. Now, I will say that when you walked in, there were, there were, as you walked in, I'm going to just make it, there's no one around us. There were cage dancers in some of the bars that kind of made you feel like you were in an adult entertainment area. I don't know that I would call them cage dancers. I don't, okay. This is kind of hard to explain. I don't think it was meant to be done sexually. I think it was more done for the scare atmosphere where it's like a monster is in a cage. But I will say this. There was a very fine line. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I'm certainly not going to complain about it because I elected to go. But one of the things that we had said was, if you don't do your research and you're coming here to Orlando to celebrate all of these Halloween events and you just buy tickets to everything and you don't know what you're walking into, I could see a family being very put off by this if you have young children. Yeah, don't bring your eight-year-old because Scratch... You have a lot of questions to answer. Scratch was the icon of uh, Hello Scream and we watched her give a gentleman a lap dance and then murder him. So, you know, there are certain elements of this that, like, they really go above and beyond and they push the envelope but with that being said the food was incredible the bars were incredible the scare zones were incredible the entertainment though that Jack the Ripper rock opera that we saw was unbelievable that was Broadway quality entertainment I I couldn't and this is why we we gave up going to the houses so that we could see more of that type of thing yes Um, the performance was amazing. The costume, the set design, the singers, the dancing, all of it was top tier. Uh, and then we went to another bar um, where they had... Our friend did recommend this to us, so we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. Um, they had this improv group uh, that would sing songs. So, you know, they'll pick a volunteer the from the... Or the Shoreman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, were, they would ask your name and your occupation, and they'll sing a little ditty like they would do in Whose Line Is It Anyway? But again, these actors were incredible. They were just so sharp and so witty. Um, And they don't break. They were, oh my God, no, no. I loved Hallow Scream. I would go back to Hallow Scream again. Uh, I absolutely would. I'm... Let me, it's all right, so now it's time to, compare. to, it's time I think, to now. Well, here's the thing. I think it's fair to compare Horror Nights and Hallow Scream. I don't think that it's fair to compare Not So Scary because it's in a class all by itself, and it's not supposed to be like those other two. Correct. But let's talk about value, though. Let's talk about, for what you pay for, let's talk about all of it. For what you pay for, Hallow Scream is probably the best ticket. Of the three, by And far. I'm not just saying it because it's the cheapest. I'm saying I had... A wonderful experience, and I didn't even do everything. I didn't set foot in a haunted house, and I had the best time. 
and the attractions were open. Well, that's also another thing that puts it over the top. Halloween Horror Nights did not have all of its attractions open. And that was a bit of a disappointment. Not So Scary had them open, but I don't want to wait, and as much as I love it, I don't want to wait an hour for Haunted Mansion on a regular day, much less in a quote-unquote limited ticket event. Meanwhile, I can go on Mako, I can go on Icebreaker, any of the attractions at SeaWorld that you'd wait a half an hour to an hour for were all walk-ons for, for $30 less than what you'd be paid to go to Halloween Horror Nights and $90 less than what you pay to go to Not So Scary. They're all very different to your point. You can really only compare Horror Nights and Scream. But just from a value perspective, for what you get for the money that you spend, Hollow Scream was the winner. To your point, though, about rides being open, I do understand why Horror Nights does not do that. Because the way that they have to feed those cues through, I don't think that there's any way to do it. Otherwise, you run into what we did with Not So Scary, where you're, going, you're walking on a line through the Laugh Factory to get candy, which was just awkward. So, we know for value on the dollar which one wins. As you sit here now, what, as an all-around experience, is your winner? It's so hard. Um, because I instantly fell in love with Not So Scary Halloween, and we've mentioned a couple times how we were supposed to go in 2020, so it was two years coming, and it delivered on everything that I hoped it would be. It was so cute. I loved Booty You, and so magical. And all of the characters that I wanted to see, I got to see. Um, so, so I think just because it's Disney, it's easy to say that that's my favorite. But I also just love Halloween. Like, I love being scared, even though you might disagree that I'm buried in your back in a haunted house. Um, but I love everything about Halloween. I love the movies. I love horror movies. I want to summon a demon. Like, I'm all about it. So, for that much, it's hard to just rule out and default to Disney. You know what I mean? So, if someone was making you pick uh, one right now... Are you? <laughs> we're having a conversation. Oh. I actually... I, I think Hallow Scream is the best event, and it grieves me to say it because, like I said, Universal is Ride the Movies. To me... You can't do better than stepping into a movie set. That's what I love more than anything. Um, and I appreciate so much the set design. But I think I had the most fun at Hello Scream. I think I had the most fun at Hello Scream. And between the three, I think as a total package... I would, at least this year, and this is, I can't believe we're having this conversation, you know, here we are six weeks later, I, I have to give the edge to Halloween Horror Nights. Wow. Because, because we did the houses. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just because we did the houses, and I thought the scare trails were excellent. Um... I, I'm, I'm just surprised, but, but, I, but it's not a knock at not so scary. We're going to do not, I, listen, if you told me right now, hey, give me $150, you can literally walk from here to the Magic Kingdom and go do not so scary right now, I would leave and go do it. 
it's not a knock at Not So Scary. It's not a knock at what Disney has done. But it speaks to the guest experience, which again is... got. The, the guest experience, folks, is going to be all a part of the big conversation at the end of this episode. Halloween Horror Nights, they all three of them did a did a phenomenal job, but I think Halloween Horror Nights did it best. And I'm surprised. My surprise is that we're sitting here now, comparing the three, and neither one of us picked Not So Scary. I'm surprised to hear you pick. Universal Mr. I'll Never Go Back. But what I failed to mention and where uh, Hallow Scream score is very high for me, the cohesion of everything. The way that they tied their theme to SeaWorld and how each area was not only themed to the park, but it all worked together with the the overall theme of Scratch. That's what Horror Nights didn't do for me. Not everything came back to the Pumpkin Lord. It, the weekend over here, classic monsters over here. The whole event wasn't tied together in a nice little bow the same way that Hallow Scream is. Yeah. All right, let's move on from Halloween. Yes, because we've got a lot more. Yeah. Um, I ran the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. Um, first weekend in November... It's the first wine and dine that I've participated in since 2017? I think it was 2017. No! Was it 15? No, it was 2017. 2015 was the half of the half. 2017 I did the two-course challenge. I think we missed it in 2019, and I and I chose not to do it in 2021. Or no, maybe... I don't know. 2017 sounds weird to me, because that's our first anniversary. I did the two-course. Oh, so you just left me hanging? Okay. Yeah. Good. And I ran a really good race, by the Got way. Got it. Um, I had an absolute blast. Um, I'm so happy as a local... <laughs> You all right there? Sorry, I just tried the second one. Wow. Peppermint. Um, no. They did last call very strong. I love Holy Dockside Margaritas. Holy cow. Um, I love Run Disney. I love oh Run Disney events. Oh, my God. Collect yourself. Um, I, I love the events so much. And starting from the expo, I had so much fun. I, I went and, and, and spent time with my, my wonderful friends from the WDW Radio running team. Um... It was great to see them. It's, you know, it's like a family reunion every time these events come, you know, into town. And the race itself was wonderful. They changed the course. And I am not totally in love with the new course. It used to be that you ran through Animal Kingdom, Studios, and Epcot. Now, you only run through Epcot and Studios. They cut out animal kingdom altogether the difference being is you run through all of epcot mostly you run through all of studios mostly including galaxy's edge which was great but the thing was you do the parks the the knock against wine and dine was that half the race you were doing backstage and it wasn't until you got to like mile six that you got to see stuff but disney being disney uh, and doing a zero to sixty like they do, in, they just said, "Okay, let's flip it so that you're in parks right away." So you're in parks right away, and then the back half of the race is Osceola Parkway and overpasses, 
and that's it. There's nothing to look forward to after you get out of studios, other than the finish line. Well, but your Instagram pictures are wonderful. I will say that the character meets were incredible. Character meets were awesome this year. The on-course entertainment, stellar. The problem, though, is because they flipped the course the other way, when they have you running on Osceola Parkway and when, you ha- when they have you doing the overpasses, when you're doing it in the dark, not a problem. Right. They flipped it so that the flat land is during the dark and the inclines are during the sunshine and get really, really humid. It was a super, super humid race. I knew quite a few people that wound up in the medic tent. Super people in shape people, that by the way. Run regularly, that train properly, but that's what I'm saying. And I mean, I don't run, so maybe it's not fair for me to weigh in here. But based on what you've explained to me, is that these races are heavily surveyed, and Disney overcompensating to it's boring and changing the design of the race to accommodate people who don't run all the time and just want to be there for the pictures and, you know, to say that they did it. Um, you know, a lot of people do use these Run Disney events as qualifiers. Which for, is a mistake. Don't ever do that. Well, but that's it. Between the crowds and between the people wanting to be there for the photo opportunities. Um, but people do do it. You're right. They you, do do you it. You need to cater to the people who run. It was still a wonderful event. I had a absolute blast and then I got to the runners after party but not without some stress I was on the phone with Run Disney at almost 10 o'clock the night prior because my ticket to the runners after party they sent to our address in New York even though all of our all of our uh, profiles online have us as Florida residents because you know I have a Florida resident annual pass they sent the old. They sent the ticket to the old address in New York, so I had to scramble with them. I had to go to guest relations at Epcot the night of the party, waited online about a half an hour. And this champ is also scrambling to secure me a ticket in the interim because Which I did. I'm in New York. I could have grabbed your your pass for you. You could have, but then you'd have to go see our old landlord, and nobody got time for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I snagged you a ticket to a sold out event. Thank you to my friend Ted. I, I didn't have to Ted. run. Thank you, Ted. Um, but we got together with the team. We went to Rosencrown. We saw Harmonious. We walked on to Stupid Judy and <laughs> hung out with Judy Dench. No, Stupid Judy was Ellen. I know it was. Dame Judy Dench is not stupid, except for cats. <laughs> except for cats. Uh, I know that it's not the same, but I, I just call. But somebody has to be Stupid Judy at Epcot. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> it's Dame Judy Dench is now Stupid Judy at Epcot. <laughs> Uh, walked onto that attraction, had an absolute blast, um, and got to sample a little bit of a little bit of food and wine. We didn't do a ton, just a little bit because we knew that we would be back to do the rest of it. But I just got off a plane and I was hungry, so we went to Brazil to go do the Brazilian cheese bites, which are a staple every year. It's one of the first booths that we hit. It is one of our favorites. And I was looking forward to two large Brazilian cheese bites. Hockey puck size Brazilian cheese bites. Yes, nice, fluffy Brazilian cheese bites. And I could tell as soon as I looked at them, not only did they change them, not only were they smaller, 
I could tell by the way that they cooked that they were the same ones that they sell at Costco, which we have in our freezer. The Brazzy Bites. Yeah. For $9, we got six Brazzy Bites versus $9, we have 64 of them in our freezer at the house. Right, because the one time we don't split the order, too, we each wanted our own. So now we're stuck with six Brazilian cheese bites. And I could tell by looking, and, and as soon as I bit into one, I was like, these are Costco. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Damn it, Bobby. And I not, was so mad. <laughs> and not even, like, cooked well. Not even cooked well, either. But I mean, they were okay. But but they were the big letdown, It for was sure. clearly a cost cut. Hopefully next year we won't have to worry about it. Yes. Um, and I think, like, that was really the only food offering that we had. Uh, the fries. You got the oh, that, fries. No, that's right. We did the fries. Because we wanted to go check out the Epcot 40 merch. Yes. So we went and checked out the Epcot 40 merch, but we went, I got the fry flight. Um, the, they had the vinegar and sea salt, which were completely inedible. They were so badly oversalted, you could not eat them. They, they were actually disgusting. Um... I was really glad. I was thankful we had them at the end of the night when we were going back to the car where there was water. They were because awful. if I would have had that like first thing during the day, like around lunchtime, you're stuck with that all day. The the best ones were the um, the sweet potato fries that had like the marshmallow and the like, pecans. And the pecan. That was really good. But yeah, then they they had what was it like? It was like a barbecue one or some some such nonsense. I just remember that the sea salt and vinegar ones were disgusting. And I don't like vinegar, and the vinegar wasn't the problem. The problem was that they were, like, so... But I could see them in the bowl. Like, how much salt they put in was, like, out of control. But other than that, it was a great night. And as we're walking back to the cars, Sean goes, I don't know if you heard, but there's a tropical storm rolling in. So we might get a little rain when we're back here on Friday because this was uh, Sunday night, the runner's after party. And then the following weekend was our anniversary. So we did a little staycation and we had plans to go to Epcot on Friday on Veterans Day and Animal Kingdom on Monday. Right. So I was like, okay, whatever. We get a little rain. Never thinking that as my friend, our friend Joe that we always talk about was very quick to point out to me that in the 12 years he's been down here, he hasn't had this many hurricanes, let alone back-to-back hurricanes. Hi, we're the Crofts. Welcome. So, uh, Hurricane Nicole reared her ugly head. Not as bad as Ian, though. She was nicer than Ian. No, but whatever Ian didn't do, she she finished the job. She finished the job. Um, Which is to be expected. I mean, it's still happening in New York from Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. The trees that haven't been taken care of, they fall. These branches fall immediately because they're just weakened. And to Joe's point, to be fair, they don't get hurricanes one on top of the other like this. So, you know, the the PVC fences, it's easy to see where if Ian didn't take it down, Nicole did. Right. They did a lot of damage. Um... No, and certainly, I mean, we're on the East Coast. That was taking the hit. I'm just thankful, and I would have rather taken the hit this time than have the West Coast. They were already annihilated. I can't even imagine the catastrophic damage that would have taken place. So The erosion here is bad. but I'm so thankful that's the least of it because Ian was awful for so many people. I can't even imagine what would have happened if this had been on the West Coast. 
Thankfully, Nicole was a lot more tame. Not great, but a lot more tame. Um, so Nicole blew out of town quickly, thankfully. It was a very fast-moving storm. Moved at about 14 miles an hour. Uh, so moved super quick. And um, We got our Epcot got day. Got our Epcot day. No, no issues whatsoever. Got our Epcot day. Um, went to uh, Flavors from Fire. And I got the... It's basically, they were basically Irish nachos, right? They were the, the corned beef on the crispy homemade chips uh they were awesome they were really really good um and i got something too and i'm totally drawing a blank on it was it a pork belly you had the pork belly yes you had the pork belly because i had it last year and i skipped it this year i remember liking it (laughs) that was really good (laughs) then we went to uh swanky saucy swine that's always a hit yeah, but I I got the uh, I got the pork rinds again. They were better last year because they gave you that nice big bag of them and you could walk with them. This was a smaller portion in like a paper boat. Yeah, I remember the portion was a lot smaller this year than it was last year. It still tasted good, but not nearly as good as it was the year prior. And then we went to the margarita stand, not at the tequila cave when we tried to go to the tequila cave during the runner's after party the line was out the door you were going to wait on that line for an hour uh and it was very similar when you and i went to epcot that day it was a friday veterans day um noteworthy friday veterans day we expected it to be a nightmare because it was every other vacation that we've been on our anniversary is november 12th so by default we're always in a Disney park on the 11th. It's just how it works out. And we have sworn never to do Epcot again on Veterans Day because it's always the last weekend of food and wine. This year it wasn't, though, so I think that might have worked in our favor. Um, But there's usually a big music act that night, and because it's the last weekend and it's a three-day weekend for a lot of people, it is always crowded. So just by virtue of taking off from work and this was when we could go, we were like, you know, we did want to experience food and wine in some capacity, so we knew we were in for it, and we were expecting the worst crowd-wise, but that was the real tell, was that margarita stand. We, we walked, walked right up. up, and there was, like, one couple in front of us. And you could tell just by walking through Epcot. It that, was crazy reasonable. Yeah. It, it was crowded, but it definitely didn't feel like it was a capacity, and it certainly wasn't, like our 2021 vacation where there was like an hour line for or an hour wait on a food line yeah um oh and also noteworthy i got on guardians again but i got on the regular on the on the virtual queue i got it that well i'm gonna put a pin in that because we we're gonna talk about that in a minute so put a pin in that let's keep going um but yes that line not only was it a walk-up but now they serve food at that little margarita stand, which is noteworthy because they have right. a lot of, like, really good snacks from the Mexico Pavilion, which I don't remember there being previously. No, I think that's kind of... Because you have the Sun on Hell sit-down restaurant, then you have the Quick Serve across the way, which has a similar menu, but this was all, like, quick snacks. Right. But hot food. Not like, you know chips and guac like you could get empanadas and uh i think they had i want to say they had like tostadas or taquitos they ate a lot yeah it was a solid menu amount of food um 
But the only time where I really felt the crowd was because, as I was saying just now, I got on to Guardians. Now, I was able to get, like, boarding group 14. I don't know how I got that lucky. But there is a hack. Um, if you get a boarding group, it used to be that, and it says it on the app. Now, this could change. But as of the time of this recording, it'll tell you on the app that if you are an hour after your alert, they won't let you on. As of right now, they will still let you on regardless of what time you get there. Because we were, I was boarding group 14 and we didn't get there until like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And I still got on the attraction. Um, and waited, even with the virtual queue, I waited almost an hour. Yeah. But it was kind of worth it. I hated to leave you out there, although you seem to not mind. I was just happy to be there. The queue for that ride is incredible. If you're a Disney fan and a Disney Parks fan, I would implore you, if you can, not just to save the money, but to do the standby queue. There's so much there, um, so much that we didn't get when we went through the first time. It makes the ride a lot more enjoyable. I got a new, I got a different song this time. I got September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was so much fun. It, it continues to amaze me that the attraction is as good as it is. But that was the only part of the day where I really felt the lines because then we went to France. And France, you know, last year we went to Food and Wine. We waited almost an hour and they ran and they out of ran food. Out. Yeah. Not the case this year. We waited maybe five minutes on that line. It was nothing. I couldn't believe it. And we what? What did we get? We got the, the beignets. The beignets. The cheese beignets. Oh my god! Were they so good? Yeah, they were awesome. They were delicious. And then I went to Canada, which again the line was astronomical last year, but I was able to get a beer from Canada, which was really good. And I got my steak. I got my petite filet mignon, uh, and it it from La Cellier, and it, it just holds up. It totally, totally holds up. Oh, and I did Italy too before that because okay, by let's then, talk about Italy. I was drinking I needed to soak some of it up and I was like no this is a pasta situation um it was good the gnocchi was good the vodka sauce was gross it it wasn't it was hardly a vodka sauce it wasn't creamy it was more tomatoey uh and it was definitely from a jar it tasted it tasted like you know it, it tasted like chef boyardee it didn't take. I make vodka sauce. The Irish kid makes pasta, and I made it better than they did. No, I you do. You make a very really, good vodka sauce. I really thought it was. I thought it was a poor attempt. And I've I've had food from the from the Italy Pavilion at Food and Wine before, and I and I've thought that it's been just fine. Um, in in fact, I've had it where I've thought it's been really really good. This was not that great. So they definitely cut corners on the food. However. I would say that it's almost, well, not a fair trade because it's your food and wine event. You want everything to be perfect. The food should be perfect. There's just no excuse for that. However, it was very nice to see people from their native countries represented in World Showcase. Yes. Um, So that means that more cast members are returning back. uh, And it was really heartwarming. And we got to see world-class entertainment. In spite of the fact that I felt like I was on hold waiting for a representative, we got to see Kenny G. (laughs) Which is a statement I never thought I'd say out loud. This is not why we chose to go to Epcot that day. But we saw Kenny G. 
Kenny G was amazing. He was really he was good. So good. He held one note for so long. Nobody was having more fun though than that woman uh. next to us. The time of her life, she was standing out of her seat, clapping. The longer he held this note, she would go, oh, oh. She was a riot. She was an absolute riot. It's it's the moments like that that I missed most at Disney during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we actually, so that was on Friday. On Saturday, for our actual anniversary, we came back to Disney Springs. We went back to Morimoto. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. I, I had been dreaming about those ribs since we had them on your birthday. So a month yeah. and a day later, we had them again. Oh, well, before that, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We had to do the monorail bar crawl. Oh, we had to do the monorail bar crawl. Um, because, I mean, that's the thing. We, we had so many plans that just didn't work out for this anniversary weekend because mostly hurricane-related. Yeah. Uh, so, so many things changed on the fly, and... We kind of picked, like, our top vacation moments that we wanted to recreate as locals. So I said, you know, why not do the monorail bar crawl? It's always been such a thing for us. And then we'll get to see the Christmas decorations at the hotels. We'll get to see the gingerbread house. And I really didn't have to twist your arm any more than that. Um, So we started at the Contempo, and we were going to go to the outer rim. But we stepped off the monorail, and for shizzles, I said... Let's go up to California Girl because you had never been. Yes. And I figured it's our anniversary. Why not go to the nicer lounge? And what I didn't realize is that when you stepped off the monorail, you'd be right there. You're right at the so California Grill. It was like fate. And, you know, I asked, the, the cast member said, how many? I said, two. And she goes, okay, your phone's going to vibrate. And you go right up. Um, it, it's, ten seconds later. Ten seconds later, we go up. And it's just beautiful up there. We don't get to utilize that enough. I've been... I had appetizers, again, with friend Joe. Uh, I've been up there, but you had never been before. So what was it like for your first time at the California Grill? It's incredible. Um, The the wine selection is incredible. Uh, The views are incredible. The staff was wonderful. Worth noting, we actually did try to get that as a reservation. That's why we ended up back at Morimoto. Because they're doing the prefix menu, which, by the way... Is there to stay. Is here to stay. Um, there's, they still have the 50th prefix menu, but they're going to change it in April. Um, so my guess is it'll be like a seasonal prefix. We're going to try to go back, though. Absolutely. But it was just a matter of getting a reservation. I'm not complaining, but had I realized that we could get that same menu at the bar, I would have said... You know, let's just let's just stay here. But but the bar, ribs. But, the, the, but ribs, and the car was at <laughs> Disney Springs. Right. Oh, that was that was kind of a fun thing though. So, uh, yes, we did uh, yeah. park at Disney Springs, and that way it avoids the hassle of having to try and explain why you're parking at a hotel because Where you don't have reservations. Some of them are still being a little strict about it, particularly the Grand Floridian. Um, we just didn't want to have to worry about that, nor did we want to worry about driving when we're, you know, getting a drink at each of the hotels. Uh, so we parked at Springs. We bust over. It was very nostalgic. It was very cold. Um, and then, yeah, started at the Contempo, Grand Floridian. Or, I'm sorry, um, at the Contempo. Then we went to Poly. The Grand Californian. Oh, my gosh. California Grill. <laughs> California Grill. At the Contemporary. Can you tell them on my second margarita? Um, 
And you did not know that we could go out to the catwalk and see the fireworks. What we both didn't realize is that they were filming... The Huffs. The Christmas show. They were shooting the Christmas show. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. It was Jingle Bell Rock that Who we got to see. Um, but it was somebody, like, noteworthy that was performing Jingle Bell Rock. It is, and now I'm drawing a blank as to it. Megan Trainer's there this year, but I don't it think it was It wasn't Megan Trainer. Uh, what... It wasn't Ingrid Michaelson. No. Whoever it was, it was somebody substantial that was doing Jingle Bell Rock. I guess we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks. Irrelevant. We got to see their performance, and then California Crew was great. And then from there, we went to Tambu Lounge, got a drink at Tambu, and then went and got a spot on the outdoor patio, which I didn't know existed, over at Enchanted Rose. I did. I didn't know that that, that was, was there. there when it was Meisner's. I don't re- I don't recall it. But we went and then we we were trying to get the gingerbread, but unfortunately we ran out of time. We were online for it, but it was it came down to making the reservation and being that we had to bus back over, we had to allow extra time. But noteworthy, a year later, we sit here after that scathing, and it was a scathing. Uh, report on our trip of 2021 in November with the buses and transportation uh, much more reliable this time around. I was going to say that we really didn't have to wait that long. And I'm not just talking about coming from the Grand Floridian because, you know, there is something to be said for staying at a value hotel. You get more, or I'm sorry, at a uh, deluxe resort. You get more buses than the value resorts do. That's just how it goes. Um... They run more frequently, uh, but even coming to the monorail loop from Springs, we didn't wait long at all. We walked on a bus. So I think that's definitely something that's changing a little bit, is that there are more of them, and they're running more frequently. Yeah, but Marimoto knocked it out of the park. We went to As Am- always. Yeah, then we went to Amaretz, and we got some of the seasonal desserts. We brought them home and had them the next night. Uh, I had the gingerbread wreath, and you had the, was it the pumpkin creme brulee? Yes. They were both very good. Yeah. They were both very good. Um, and then Monday, we went to Animal Kingdom. Yes. This was a big deal because whenever we would come here on vacation, I would always say... We would dream. You know, you daydream. Well, not even that. I just love the silverback gorillas so much. They're so majestic. And... It's usually one of our first... Like, we would do the safari first because you get more animals out in the morning. And then we would do the gorilla trail. And I would always say, I could sit here all day and watch these gorillas. But we never would because you just don't have that kind of time. Especially, you know, when you're talking about getting on flight of passage and all that kind of stuff. Um, There's just never enough time. So we always talked about if we were locals, that was going to be... My thing is I'm going to sit here and have my morning coffee and watch the gorillas. And that is what I did. It was a dream come true. And they were in rare form that day. Before you got to the silverbacks, you have the the smaller, the the babies. So there were a couple of like young babies, but they were just lounging. They had their feet up in the air and their booties against the window. It was absolutely surreal. They were all like in the same pose against that window. It was It was a riot. But it was surreal. It was surreal. It it was like a dream come true. 
you know, because you do, you daydream and you, and, and you, you wonder, like, what would life be like if you could just come here? And that was something that we said. It was just one of those weird things that we said for 10 years that we came down here together. I would just come and have coffee with the gorillas. And it, it was like just one of those, because you, you, you're right, you would never give it the time that you should give it on vacation because there's so many other things. But you wish that you could give it that much time. But you would give it that much time if you could just do it anytime you wanted. And we did. And we did. And another thing that we made time for that we never do. Um, yes. We did Rafiki's Planet Watch, which was so cool. I love the train ride over. It was um, fun. There's not as much to do once you get to the second location as I thought there was going to be. But being that MGM took away their animation class, this is the only place you can do it. I really wanted to do the animation class. And we had never got to go before. I really enjoyed the train ride over. Um, we got to draw Nick Wilde from Zootopia. It was fun. Uh, which was a lot of fun. The Probably, like, the most detailed one I've ever done. Yes. Aside from... I've done... Uh, I did Genie back in the day at the Animation Academy. Um, he's pretty hard. But to do Nick's collar and tie, that was something that I was not expecting to be so difficult. Uh, and it was, but... I had a lot of fun learning how to draw him. I, did. I definitely want to watch the um, the Disney Plus sketchbook series and, and start doing that a little bit more. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. And then after that, you know, we, we walked around a little bit, got a couple of drinks. I did single rider on Everest, and then we went to Nomad Lounge, and I got the smoked ribs, which were we've never eaten good. there. We've done we drank there, but. We, we drank there when you used to be able to just go and walk up and get a spot at the lounge, and it was nothing. Oh, also worth noting, you used to be able to do that at Dawa Bar. It is not called Dawa Bar anymore. It's a part of Tusker House. It's a part of Tusker House. So that used to be, like, our spot. We would always go there and start the day with a drink, but we did not go this time. We did instead um, the bar over by Everest, the river river something or other i can't think of the name uh but i got the the yeti sunset which you've had before or sunrise it was good it's good yeah it's the jack daniels and, and lemonade. lemonade it's delicious it's uh, one of my favorites um but yeah i really wanted to do nomad lounge i wanted to take it easy um and i wanted to try the menu because uh, i've heard nothing but amazing things about these churros and i was like how could could a churro be i had Phenomenal the, i had the ribs what did you have the lobster mac. Lobster mac and that cheese. That was good. It was good. Um, no, I mean, it, it was very good. But if you don't want to pay lobster mac price, the flame tree mac and cheese with the pulled pork on it is just as good. I thought the flame tree mac was better, personally. I don't disagree with that. It's just, like, if you want... It's two totally different things. Like, yes, it's mac and cheese, but, like, if you're going for the seafood, it's very good. Right. But if it's it's a difference if you're going in wanting lobster or wanting pulled pork. But... Everybody wants a churro, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Best churro I've had since we were in Disneyland. For sure. Better than any other churro you get. Yeah, like, no offense, sunshine churros, but, uh... As they're over my shoulder... Yeah, like, the ch- that's the, one of the best... 
not only is it the best churro I've had in my life. The sauces. It was one of the best desserts I've had on Disney property, which the sounds one, crazy until you've had them. The one sauce is like a caramel coffee sauce, and the other one, it was like dipping Custard. a churro in eggnog. It was delicious. It was unbelievable. But something that is noteworthy, when we gave them our annual passes, ah, yes. they said, I'm sorry, we don't take AP discounts here. And we're I, a lounge. We're a lounge. I understand that not everywhere takes them... Well, they don't take them on beverages. Right. Not on booze. But to not take it on the food when you're in a park... I, that's, I was so that's little That's where surprised. it's like, mm, if you really want mac and cheese, go to Flame Tree if you're looking to save a couple bucks. I was a little disappointed that at a restaurant in a park, they wouldn't take our AP discount because, as they said... We're a lounge, so we don't. However, for those churros, I'll go back every single time. All right, let's talk about tonight. Before we get into the news of the week, let's talk about tonight. We went to Polite Pig. And Polite Pig is just Polite Pig. And I don't mean that as a bad way. It's just, it is so consistently good. Yes. You cannot go wrong with Polite Pig. I had... Well, that explains why I couldn't say... California Grill before <laughs> a cider whiskey sour with my dinner before I had the two margaritas um, and I had the burnt ends chili because tonight is just a, pish, a picturesque night in Springs it's in the 60s it's cooled down the um, heat lamps were on it was beautiful. the Christmas decorations were out there was like a parade of percussionist doing Christmas music Um, so I was like wow it's cold enough where like I want a nice bowl of chili to warm me up Um, and it delivered it was great the burn chili was great but really the whole reason I wanted to go is the the Brussels sprouts I was just craving the the Brussels sprouts whiskey caramel Brussels sprouts are so good and I got the meatballs with the cheese grits and a Caesar you don't salad. Like meatballs, but I eat. hate meatballs. <laughs> I hate them, but I love them from Polite Pig. And I got a Caesar salad, which I didn't think I'd ever get a salad at Polite Pig, but this Caesar was just so good with a nice porter. Oh, it, my mouth is watering again. I wish we could go back, but they're close. Um, but yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. Then we grabbed our Gideons. Uh, we got, there There were like nine seasonal pumpkin cookies left. We got one of them. I got one of them to take to Thanksgiving. Uh, well, that's not the only thing we're taking to Thanksgiving. We got eight cookies to take to Thanksgiving, but. We got four pounds of cookie. We managed to get the pumpkin. Um, um, and yeah. then ran into Wad made an impulse buy because they have uh, well you alluded to it before they have a light up Mickey he stands about three feet tall he's beautiful but he's so beautiful he reminds me of like the old school I don't know how to describe it the old school frosty and Santa decorations that like your grandma had outside it's what he looks like he's not going outside though I'm no. not subjecting him to Florida weather and and uh, sun fade no way I'm telling you, I said it while you were online getting this next round of margaritas. I believe he's going to be, like, the next thing that, like, people are going to go crazy for here because I don't think people realized he was out yet. I've never seen anything like it here. For the price, too. I mean, they don't even have wreaths right now. 
but <laughs> we we couldn't let this one go. Uh, so I'm really glad that we got it. All right, Princess Diaries three got announced. News. Uh, we're getting into news, yeah. and this is what we're leading with. Um, well, because it's the thing that we're going to talk about the least. Uh, okay. I I I like the Princess Diaries, the first one. I, it's cute. It's fun. The second movie is just so dumb. Poor Chris Pine. It's just so <laughs> stupid. Here's the thing. I'm not surprised that they got Anne Hathaway to do a third one because I feel like a lot of people, you know, now she's Academy Award nominated winning actress. Um, I think people think that she's on her high horse, but like Amy Adams did it too. You got her back for Disenchanted. She did Enchanted before she was anything. Then she goes on to work with all these, you know, A-list talent, A-list directors, the whole shebang bang. But you got her back for Disenchanted. Um, and Anne Hathaway's the same thing. I think a lot of that has to do with coming back for the co-stars. Since Enchanted, Idina's the big name. So, of course, Amy Adams will come back and work with her. Uh, in Princess Diaries' case, is Anne Hathaway going to uh, turn down the chance to work with Julie Andrews? No. I hate to say this, though. I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think that you're going to get Julie Andrews for a lot of days on set. So my guess is they're going to kill her. And Anne Hathaway is going to become the queen of Genovia instead of the princess. It is the only reason I see for doing a trilogy. And quite frankly, if that's not what you're going to do, why bother? Not that I want to see, God forbid, I do not want to see Julie Andrews die. But I'm saying, as far as the story goes, we what don't need do? to see Mia blundering through something again. She's got to figure this out on her own. Yeah. It's not necessary. They're going to do it anyway. Does it go to the theaters or does it go to Disney Plus? And that's, I think, a good segue for the crescendo of our conversation. What would have taken Dockside Chats by storm? If we had been here, had you not gotten sick on Sunday, which is the earth-shattering, didn't take a freaking Kardashian to break the internet news. I thought I was having a fever dream, honestly, when you told me this. That Bob Iger's back. I got, like, I, I still can't believe saying it out loud. Bob Iger's back. I was half asleep. I, when I tell you I was sick, I slept all day on Sunday. Like, I would wake up for 15 minutes at a clip, Sean was trying to make me soup, and then I'd go right back out. I did not fully wake up until I was like half asleep, and you said Bob Iger's back, and I really did not think it was real. Um, here's... This means a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people, because I've seen some people say that unless you're a cast member, this doesn't affect you. No, this absolutely affects That's everyone. That's a lie. It affects the guest experience. It affects the vacation planners. It affects everyone in the Disney community. Um, here's what I don't want to do, though. Um, I don't want to sit here and say, he better this, he better bring back APs, he better get rid of Genie. Pl I am just happy he is back. Whatever he does, I'm going to appreciate. I'm not going to sit here and make demands of this man. Um, 
And I also don't want to celebrate that someone did lose their job right before the holidays. And that someone is a, still a person with feelings who has a family. Now, does my heart bleed for his $23 million severance package? No. Does my heart bleed that he got fired when he was ready to fire a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of cast members? No, you led by example. But I still don't want to sit here for as much as we sat here on how many episodes and said he's got to go, he's got to go. I'm not going to be the one saying ding dong, the witch is dead. I will. <laughs> um, you, 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 I, I said on the last Dockside chat that Disney priced out the middle class and, and a lot of us do hold responsibility in that because we spoke with our wallets. We're still here, right? A lot of people are still coming, but, um, it still happened. Um, Cast morale was, was, was in the tank. The guest experience was awful. And he was getting ready to, to lay people off right before Christmas. At and, the same time, he had a sign out saying we're hiring. So, now my heart does not bleed for that man um, who did not recognize Walt Disney as a person just as a brand that made toys. Because that's what it was. Um, you know... I don't know what to expect with Chapek back. All I know is that... Iger back. Iger, that's right. Have Sorry. another margarita. <laughs> it's, I don't know what to expect with Iger back. What do I think will happen? Um, do I think Genie Plus is going to go away? I'm not so sure about that. Do I think the reservation system is going to go away? I'm not so sure about that. Do I think annual passes are going to come back? Yes, that I think we are going to see. Um... But I think what you will see all around is a better guest experience. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think you're going to see staff morale back. I, I think you're going to see a better... For, your, for, for the money that you spend, I, I think you're going to see more entertainment value for your dollar. I expect that Disney is going to feel like it felt for a very long time. I also think that there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> I think that there is the real possibility that Josh tomorrow is going to be the CEO of this company moving forward. He may not. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> he, there's a lot that he needs to learn. But the one thing that you can't teach is the court of public opinion. And the court of public opinion loves Josh tomorrow. Josh tomorrow right now to is it, to me is the closest thing we have to Bob Iger other than Bob Iger. And I think Bob Iger is the closest thing we've had to Walt Disney in a very long time. So and and, and that includes Michael Eisner as much as I love Eisner. Bob Iger just does things so differently because Bob Iger doesn't act with emotion. That's all Chapek did. And Michael Eisner did that a little bit, too. But Bob Iger just has a way of wading through the water. And there was a really great Deadline article talking about what led to this. And it's my understanding, just based on people I've spoken to with knowledge from the inside, that that was a very accurate article. Um, and so 
it just seems like Bob Iger has this, he has his finger on the pulse of what the Disney consumer wants, mostly because he doesn't look at you as a consumer, and if he does, he doesn't say it. And that's the whole thing with Bob Iger, is he knows how to, he knows how to run this company and, and, and how to make you feel that you are a member of the club, right? Who's the leader of the club? And we're all a part of it, right? And not just a number. He may look at you as a number, but he doesn't tell you that you are. So I think that that perspective that you have towards Bob Iger, I do believe there, there are, there's a sect of people that don't feel that way about Josh tomorrow because they think that he's a uh, Chapek disciple. I don't believe that he is. If he is, he hides it well. And I think that sometimes that's what you need, is somebody that can hide it well. I think that Bob Iger is a person that hides it well, but I think he's also very smart and very tactical. Uh, is it is it him? Is it Dana Walden? We don't know. We're not going to know for at least the next two years, I don't think. But And maybe more, because part of the um, agreement with him coming back was that it's for at least two years if they can groom someone. If not, he will stay longer. He's, seven, he's 71 years old. Yeah, I, I think they're going to try... Well... I don't know, because look what happened when they tried to do this quickly the last time. Um, you know, and I think that there's a lot to be said for, I hate to use the word, that Bob Chapek inherited this company during unprecedented times. However, I think a stronger leader could have led through it and come out on the other side okay. What this tells me, because it happened so suddenly, is that this is worse than anyone thought. Uh, you know, we've talked about how the stocks are tanking. We've talked about the guest experience. We've talked about the price hikes ad nauseum on this podcast. Um, but I think that coming on the heels of his contract renewal, that this happened... I still can't believe he got it. I, yeah. That this was to address quarter four numbers and 2023 projections. To me, it says that things are a lot worse than they are. Um, here's the other thing. I disagree with you on a couple of things. Number one, uh, I don't think that Iger doesn't lead with emotion. I think he's got his heart on his sleeve. I think he genuinely cares for his cast members. I think he genuinely realizes that this company is only as strong as the people that are working for it. Um, you know, the, the letter that he wrote coming back when he said, I write this with uh, humility and, quite frankly, amazement that I'm coming back. Um I, I mean, I think he's certainly got a better way with words, but I, I think he genuinely stands behind what he speaks. Um, but I do, I will agree with you that, you know, he still knows how to run a business and he won't say as much. He's a lot more tactful about it. Um, the other thing that I disagree with, uh, I don't think it's going to be Josh tomorrow. And I think that this is all part of the bigger conversation of why... Chapek really didn't work out um, and that has to do with the film industry and streaming because this is also an, unpre an unprecedented entity that nobody 
really knows how to navigate. I'm not going to say they didn't say it, see it coming, but the reason that I don't think it's going to be Josh tomorrow, as much as we would all love that, is because it is easier to teach someone from the film industry the hospitality industry. It's not as easy to go the other way, especially when the film industry is changing because of these streaming services. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and keep this as concise as I can. A lot of people are blaming Marvel for the downfall of films. You know, Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese have come out, and I would never direct a film like this, and it's ruining everything, and blah, 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 blah. And I think a lot of that is, you know, are you jealous that you weren't asked to direct one? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but what Marvel and DC are doing right now is nothing new. This question about what these blockbuster films are doing to the film industry have been happening since the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. I remember when I was in college when you would go to a film class and they would talk about um, what happened with the invention of television. Most, most uh, studios were terrified of what television meant for their industry. And then I would take a TV class and it was, oh, there was this boom in the 50s and television and da-da-da-da-da. Um, it's really all how you look at it. And Walt Disney himself steered into it. What happened when television was invented? He didn't freak out about what, is what was going to happen to his animated films. He leaned into it with the Mickey Mouse Club. So in this case, Disney, under Iger, followed the same path that Walt did. What happens now with all these blockbuster movies and sequels? Well, we're going to put our entire catalog on a streaming service, and they leaned into Disney+. Plus. For a company like Disney, it's very easy to have your back catalog on Disney+. Plus. And for that to have enough public interest to keep you afloat, because you have people our age who grew up in the Disney Renaissance that are going to want access to those films, that are going to want to raise their kids on those films. You're going to have people our age, uh, you know, that grew up on Star Wars who want all the new Star Wars content. You're going to have a whole new audience that wants Marvel. Um, there is enough there where there's something for everyone. And I think that is why, pandemic aside, they exceeded their five-year numbers in the first year. For everything else, this is why you're seeing MGM merging and uh, Viacom and C CBS, they split, mm -hmm. they got back together, they were bought out by Paramount. All of these services are trying to combat Disney and quite frankly, they are just not going to. Because I hate to say it, unless you're like a huge classic monster movie fan, you're not going to necessarily need access to, to Universal's back catalog. Um, unless you love classic Hollywood cinema and you want to see all the great 40s musicals, you're not going to necessarily need to subscribe to MGM. Disney is always going to have what these other studios don't, is a catalog that can appeal to the masses. Um, so... I would say that that's been the issue over these past couple of years is that these there's so much competition and they're trying to base it off the back catalogs but 
what we are faced with now is that the pandemic is over. There's an oversaturation of streaming services. People are canceling their streaming services because there's just simply too many. What happens now? Well, that's when you throw the original content back out there. And who's the only one doing that right now? Disney is. But here's the problem with it. You have all of the original content from Marvel, from Star Wars that are going to keep people subscribing, but what does that mean for the films? And that is where I don't think that Chapek realized, I am landing this plane, I promise, I don't think that Chapek had the savvy with the film industry um, to realize that because of Disney Plus and because you're putting the Pixar films up there without a theatrical release, because you're doing things like just releasing Enchanted, it's great for your subscription numbers, but it's killing your box office. They need somebody that can navigate through the box office, is my point. And I unfortunately don't think tomorrow is going to be able to learn it that quickly because nobody knows what's going to happen now. Now, Princess Diaries 3. Does this wow. Is this a film... This is a film, I wonder, could it go to theaters or does it go to Disney Plus? I feel like it's a movie that people enjoy. This I could see going to Disney Plus and I feel like it, its necessary home is Disney Plus. I think this is probably going to go straight to Disney Plus too. But that's that's the other thing and it's also, you know, a part of a bigger problem with the industry and why these blockbuster films are are the ones that they're hanging their hat on. Disney does not want to do or or any studio really does not want to do a million dollar budget film and have it make 3 million dollars. That's not enough to triple your money. Right. They want a $300 million film to gross over a billion dollars at the box office. You need to start doing those mid-level films again. Right. And Princess Diaries, I think, is a great chance for that. You have name talent with Hathaway, current name talent. You have a freaking legend. What's better to get people to the box office? Especially on a film that's had success. Right. Well, obviously, there's a lot to take in. Um... And there's a lot to discuss. And there will be for a very long time. Uh, this is not going to be an overnight fix. Even though it was an overnight decision. Um, but I think we're all better for it. But we want to know what you have to say about the return of Bob Iger. <laughs> I still can't believe it. The return of Bob Iger, a CEO to the Walt Disney Company. We want to know what you have to say about uh, whether you've done a Halloween Horror Nights how it compares to Mickey's Not So Scary or perhaps Hallow Scream if you're looking forward to doing some of the holiday offerings that they have here in Orlando. And you can bet we will be talking about that on our next Dockside Chat. Yes, yeah, so we want to hear from you. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio. I cannot believe we're almost a year into Dockside Chats. We are 75% of the way there just about yes it would be right it would be 75 percent of the way there uh to a year of dockside chats uh a lot of fun we're really enjoying bringing you this kind of content as disney locals uh thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on the show you have the social media don't forget to like subscribe and rate us on verbal or your podcast platform of choice and for links to everything related to the show it is always going to be online at monorailradio.com for jackie i'm sean have a magical week everyone 